You're listening to theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Welcome to the Travel Show. It's a podcast full of hints and tips for travellers of all ages travelling to all places. In this program, we chat to Becky Allison, who in 2006 took off and headed out to Australia for her gap year trip with the Joshua Foundation. Apparently, it all came out of the blue, as she hadn't planned on having a break after finishing school. But she loved Australia so much, she went twice. No, um, I wanted to go to uni to do midwifery, but I had to defer a year because I didn't get into the course I wanted to do. So how did you get to hear about this uh, this particular project and, and what inspired you to to actually take part? Um, it was the Joshua Foundation. The, the woman, Sarah, came to the school and asked 250 of us in the sick form, you know, who was interested in it. And I don't know, I think because it was for a charity and it got... Well, I was able to go away and I didn't feel confident enough at that point to go travelling on my own. So it was nice just to go with a group... So it was a nice, a nicely, nice package, as it were, a safe exactly. package to exactly. experience exactly. something different. Make my parents feel better as well, you know, not travelling on my own. <laughs> well, that, that, that does come into it, certainly. Yes. Um, so a little bit about the charity then. And did anybody else from the school uh, take, take the same thing up as well? Um, two people did it the year before me and just me this year. Um, charities, the Joshua Foundation, just helps children with terminal cancer and they can go on experiences and holidays with their families so so it's so it's raising money and raising awareness i, I guess for yeah, for that time. sort of thing yeah. okay um so uh, do you get many of these presentations in sixth form of interest uh just the one that was the only one that came to us so it's the only one I heard about. Didn't bother looking on the internet for any more, you know. Sold. Okay. Sold. <laughs> so what was the what what was the package? What did you have to do, and what did they give you? Basically, you raised two and a half grand, and you got to go to Australia for two weeks. You know, totally supervised and meet new people. Basically. So the, uh, that was the accommodation, the flight, uh, food, and all that sort of thing was taken it was care of. Accommodation and flights, and you did your food and. Most of the trips were, you know, catered for and stuff, but, you know, you had to pay for certain trips out, like to football games and that kind of thing. And and when you're out there, um, I know it's a, it, it's a two-week Oz experience. Um, how was the two weeks filled? Presumably you were doing something for a project. Yeah, um, we did basically a week of sightseeing. You know, we went to Singapore for a day and then travelled on to Brisbane. Um, we spent a couple of days sightseeing in Brisbane and then went to Coralbin, which is a conservation um, area and we did conservation work, sort of building steps and um, clearing pathways, that kind of thing. So quite hands-on and yeah, physically straining. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, just rewinding the clock a bit then, so um, what time of year was it that you had the presentation um, and how long did you have before you actually left to go to Oz? Uh, and how did you raise the money? 
Um, you get the presentation in the September before you go. Um, and we left in the July. I raised my money through um, skydive, um, theme parties um, and donations from family, friends and parents, colleagues, that kind of thing. Was it fairly easy to raise the money or did you actually find it was a struggle? Because we're a sort of a fairly rural community here, aren't we? Yeah, it, it was a bit of a struggle. I mean, you know, great help through friends. I mean, you've got to ask your friends for donations and support with it all. But it was definitely an experience, shall we say, raising the money. But, um, you know, skydive, brilliant way to do it. Get lots of donations through that. Yeah. Excellent. So um, the uh, you left in July, which is obviously our summer, all being well, if we're lucky, um, and you went to Singapore for a 24-hour stopover before going down to Australia. Was that the first time you'd been to an Asian country? And, and how did it... Uh, how did it uh, uh, what was your impressions of it when you arrived? Um, well, the humidity obviously hits you first. And it was... Off, yeah, it was the first time I'd been to an Asian country. It was different culture shock you know i mean they still had top shop <laughs> our kind of shops but just the people was you know so different and yeah it was different from australia as well because the people in singapore were just didn't really notice you were there kind of thing so weren't as friendly as the australians okay uh, and did you do anything special in singapore in the 24 hours or was it literally just dive in have something to eat go to sleep and dive out again uh, have a shower first <laughs> after all the plane journeys um you know we went out into clark key in the evening for a couple of drinks um which was lovely really modern area um slept and then went on a boat ride and the next day went to um chinatown and little india which was great yeah it was out all we did and then we jumped on a flight to Brisbane. Okay, so you've arrived in Brisbane and uh, what were your first impressions when you got there? Um, well, I've been to Australia before, um, but mainly Melbourne and up the middle. East Coast, no different really, apart from the heat. So it's a lot hotter. <laughs> um, so it was nice and sunny and people just as friendly, just, you know, really nice and accommodating and yeah. So they um, presumably they obviously collected you all from the um, from the the airport. Yeah. Was that the first time? I mean, did you all gather together at the airport in I presume Heathrow before you went out? Was that the first time you'd met your group? Um, the first time I met the group was at the we all met at a service station and they took us down in the coach to Heathrow. So we met each other then. But you know, I only had one friend sort of on the coach spoke to one girl that was it and on the plane you get to speak to you know different people and yeah singapore was brilliant because you're all chucked in together and nobody knows anybody so you're all in the same boat and and what sort of ages were what ages were they and, and background um oh there was the youngest was 17 and i was the oldest at 19 so i mean there's only a two age two year age, age gap but we all got on really really well and sort of about the same backgrounds, really. I mean, they're all from different places. Like, you know, you've got mainly Welsh, really, but um, quite a few Brummie girls and, you know. So the the the, uh, the lady that did the presentation obviously went to this area and slightly further yeah. afield. and um, It's a Welsh-based charity anyway, so... Um, so let's... Um, the first week you said you were actually doing something physical, the physical work. Mm. Um, from what you were saying earlier on, they had a, a series of people on the project coming out and doing 
uh, project. So presumably, as you finished a week's work, somebody else was taking yeah. over and so on. The next day, yeah. I mean, we do the conservation work, we finished, and then the next day, um, one of the guides, Les, he said he was getting the next group, you know, the next day, so... Okay, and so you, I saw the, some of the pictures there, look fabulous, but you were working out in the bush, sort of doing bushfires and clearing areas. Yes. That must have been hard going, coming straight from uh, summertime England. Yes, it was. I mean, while I was there, you were all having a heat wave, so you were at home. So it's nice to get texts saying you have, you're in hot weather. and Yeah, but Brisbane, it was lovely weather in Brisbane, really nice weather there. I mean, it did get a bit hot doing the conservation work because it's really physical bushwork and, you know, putting steps in and stuff, so... And did you find that uh, you all mucked in together? Everybody was the same sort of uh, enthusiasm? Um, I mean, you always get the odd few. I mean, there was like two girls especially that just didn't want to do, you know, didn't want to get their nails dirty and all that lot. And Yeah, but most people just got on with it. Excellent. Great. Um, so the following week, then they take you and sort of show you around the area and take you to trips and, and give you the complete Oz experience. Now... After that, you went down to Melbourne to stay with some family friends. The others that were on the trip with you, did they all come back or did they all go and do their own thing? Um, after the, well, when we left them in Sydney, I spent about four or five days on my own in Sydney. Um, there was another boy, Chris, who was staying there for the same length of time and then travelling up the East Coast all the way up to Cairns. And he'd managed to do that in two weeks. Don't know how he did it, but <laughs> managed to do that in two weeks. Um... You know, another girl was staying on in Sydney, another one was going to Melbourne for a week, and a couple more were doing, you know, a bit further up the East Coast, but that was it. Okay, okay. Uh, the uh, the friends you went to stay with, you, you'd been to see before, as you were saying, uh, um, some a couple of months beforehand. So we'll talk about sort of Australia now generally, um, involving both trips, as it were. You you really sort of dipped your toe in all sorts of parts of Australia. Just give us a bit of a uh, an overview of where you went and sort of the impressions you had from each individual place. Um, the first time I went, um, I guess I was a bit naive, really. I mean, went straight to Melbourne and stayed with these family friends and... It was great because you felt part of their family. And then we, me and my friend Rosie, who I was travelling with, flew to Alice Springs and we sort of spent two days on our own in Alice Springs. Um, it's got quite a large Aboriginal community, which for me was quite shocking. I've never been in that those circumstances before, seen those kind of people before, and it was, you know, totally different, different way of life. And, I mean, they had more Aborigines than they had white people in Alice Springs and, you know, the amazing art galleries and it was a great place to go and visit but quite scary. I wouldn't go out there at night on my own. I mean, you get warnings from the people at youth hostels saying, you know, if you're going out, you go out in groups and... Really? Yeah. Really? I know, that I'm, I mean, having been to Australia myself, I know when you're in the presence of a large number of Aboriginal people, it's not that they intend to be make you feel awkward no, no. but it's very unnerving isn't it yeah. it's just the physically they're so different mm. Physic yeah definitely physically they're different but um the guides had told us already and you know the people at the youth hostel just be careful because they do like to drink a lot which you know some were lovely and came and talked to you and really nice um i had one come up and speak to me about camilla and charles you know and nice people but others you know just a bit wary of because they were most of them were drunk so that's a shame and did you get to see well, obviously you got to see Ayers Rock yes I did and Castuta um my opinion Castuta is much better than Ayers Rock Ayers Rock's I don't know it's a bit too hyped up 
Yeah. Really. Okay. And what's the other one like? Catitude is amazing. And it's just, it's same sort of size as Ayers Rock, but it's got lots of different areas of the rocks and, you know, they're all separated a bit and you get to walk through them and it's one walk called Valley of the Winds, which is really good. Quite physical, quite demanding, but really good walk in the end when you're there and you're up on the rock and, yeah, it's brilliant. Am I right in thinking you're, they've, they've stopped people walking on top of Ayers Rock now because of its uh, cultural significance? Um, Ayers Rock, you, you can walk up part of it. I mean, in some parts you can't even take photos because they've handed it back to the Aboriginals, right. which is why you're not meant to call it Ayers Rock now. I know I did, but you're meant to call it Uluru now. Um, so some places you can't take photos because of um, all of their traditions and everything. But, yeah, there's still, there's still a railing for you to walk up there, and lots of people still do. Uh, OK, OK. Um, and where did you go from there, then? Um, from there we did, we carried on with that tour because we did a nine day tour, um, which was brilliant because you get to meet so many different people. We, you know, there's Germans, Polish, loads of people on the trip. Really good fun. And just as, just an idea that this tour you, you've taken part in, was it like a, a backpackers type level of tour or was it a bit more at market than that? Um, a bit more at market. It was quite a bit more expensive, but it was, you know, a lot more, um, demanding and you didn't have to stay in, you know, swags or you know <laughs> <laughs> under the stars all the time i mean you, the, there was the choice there and stuff but it was good fun and did you sleep under the stars at any stage one night got a bit too freaked out and halfway through went it back into the tent <laughs> but well at least i tried it excellent so while you're out on this trip in the wilds was there anything that sort of uh, came out of the wilds to have a look at you and you stared back at it um oh there was a one time in particular um while we were on the nine day tour from um, Alice Springs up to Darwin. We stayed in this one campsite, obviously not roughing it. There were toilet blocks, and as I was in one and my friend was in the other, we, you know, we were sharing one of the walls. And I s looked up, as you do, and um, there was this, well, two little spiders, you know, quite thick bodied but small black spiders with a red dot on the back. And I said to my friend, Can you see those? And she said, Yeah, you know, it's okay, they won't hurt you, they're only small. If they're small, they can't do anything to you. Being naive, believed her, went out and asked my um, my guide that you know was on the tour, and she said, "And please, you didn't touch it because it could have killed a small child. It's a red back spider, you know." <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Did you see anything else like that at all on on your trip, or was it just that one occasion? Um, saw golden orb spiders, but you know they're not they don't hurt you or whatever if you leave them alone. I mean they're quite big and they spin this golden web, and you know if, they're like the size of my hand. They're big spiders but i hate spiders so <laughs> and certainly as a, as a country goes they don't have the prettiest insects in the world do they no definitely not i mean i didn't see any snakes while i was out there i mean the big thing with australia i mean everybody says when you say you're going to australia watch out for the snakes and spiders it's like saw quite a few spiders but snakes no and as long as you leave the spiders alone you're fine so um, then we left Uluru um, and Katajuta and carried on up the Stuart Highway. Altogether, took nine days, and you know we kept stopping off um, to drop people off because you know you could pick to do three days or six days on the tour. Um, went up the Stuart Highway, went to um, oh where did we go? Dev Devil's Marbles, and um, stopped off at Litchfield National Park, Kakadu National Park. In the end, reaching Darwin. So. But it was March then, so, I mean, it wasn't hot 
Australian summer, but it was bearable. Yeah, it was getting <laughs> that way. Heat. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good fun. Okay. Um, so, did you then come back down the coast or return um, trip or what? Um, that was the the end of the first trip to Australia. Which is which was time. March time, wasn't March it? March time. April. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this the second trip, the one that I came after the project. Where did you go there? Um, we did Brisbane, Sydney, and then Melbourne. So in Sydney, you know, there's all like the AMP Tower and obviously the Opera House, and we did the Sydney Bridge Climb, which is a definite must when you go there. Um, and then went to Melbourne and we stayed because I've obviously been to Mel well I've been to Melbourne before so um we did um we went to Bright which is by the mountains and um, Mount Buffalo where you can go and ski there and you know it's that kind of weather in July that you can actually go and ski yeah. in Australia which I'd never thought was possible but I saw the snow so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was you know it was lovely to go there because sort of they say you should go to Brighton in the autumn, though, because the trees there are just gorgeous in the autumn. Um, we went to a place called Echuca, which it was like the gold mining bit of Australia, all still in Victoria. Um, and we went on a paddle steam boat and, you know, did the, the touristy bit. And, yeah, it's good fun. OK. And did you at some stage go to the Blue Mountains as well? Yeah, that was um, in Sydney. We went um, with a couple, two of the people that stayed on from the Joshua Foundation trip. Um, me and them hopped on the train, you know, it's only like $11 or something for like a couple of hours on the train, um, went and stayed in the youth hostel there. Um, we only went for one night, which I was a bit gutted at because the first, the afternoon that we were there, the first afternoon, um, we did Three Sisters. Um, we went and saw the Three Sisters, which is gorgeous rock formation. It's really, really stunning. And we decided we'd had enough for that day you know tired after the train ride um and then the next day we woke up and it was foggy which isn't good when you're going to look at scenery um you couldn't really see much and we decided to go on a walk and make the most of it not being able to see the waterfalls or really anything so oh, which is a, a bit of a shame yeah. but um no it was good but definitely take a cool a cagoule you know rain mac well, that that was the one thing I wanted to to touch on because um, you obviously uh, be true to say you weren't roughing it in any of these trips, were you? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> okay, so let's let's just talk a bit about the practicalities of it all because you had a bit of an unfortunate run of it with with the weather. Um, so first of all, let's just talk about that, and then we'll talk about what you took with you and so on. Um, yeah, the weather in March. I mean, when we were in Darwin and um, Alice Springs was lovely. You know, lovely. Well basically a British summer it was you know that kind of heat it was nice and you know go in shorts and t-shirts and take swimming suits and you know that kind of thing but um when I went in July we went to Brisbane first which is sort of um east coast in the middle and that was lovely British summer again you know nice weather and um, we were on surface paradise beach you know bikini weather kind of thing but um then we went to sydney and it started to rain a lot and i'd stupidly just packed for um a british summer a british summer yeah um forgetting to take umbrellas that kind of thing so brought an umbe umbrella thinking nothing of it five dollars or whatever um and then went to melbourne and it was freezing 
absolutely freezing and when you say freezing now put that in perspective it's like a winter here yeah british winter basically which you wouldn't expect over in australia i mean it was really cold and i guess because you're over there and thinking of australia being hot it always seems colder for some reason (laughs) um you know going to bed with hot water bottle oh that cold it was that cold (laughs) (laughs) and um had to buy a coat and that kind of thing so Okay, so so it'd be obviously true to say you you weren't quite prepared for it. No. Um, so you, you'd packed for nice clothes for a British summer. Would that be yeah. true to say what you'd, you'd packed? Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> and what sort of? Um, I mean, I know you got a twenty k limit in, in the um, on the flights these days. Uh, you went twice. Uh, did you take a rucksack both times, and was everything filled to the gills, or did you sort of leave a bit of space for a bit of shopping? Um, the first time I took a rucksack, and I was only at about I think seventeen kilograms on the way there um on the way back obviously it was heavier but i being quite pale skinned you know got quite burnt on my shoulders and for most of the time carrying a rucksack with burnt shoulders it's not nice so on the second trip i decided to take a suitcase and i was at 20 kilograms on the way out because of the size of the suitcase and everything so well you're a petite person so that must have been an awful lot of shoes (laughs) an awful lot of shoes yes (laughs) Okay. Um, looking at um, the travelling around, you did obviously you, you went on the, the tours, and and uh, you know any parents listening to this would be reassured to know that you went with a friend, and it was sort of not it was all sorted for you, but actually you didn't have any sort of security problems or any any concerns at all. No. Um, on the on the first trip, which I did with my friend, I mean, I was met at the airport and. I was waved goodbye at the airport kind of thing and I was always, I was with the family for the first part and then I was with the tour guide for the second so basically none of the time I was on my own. It was, you know, my mum was overjoyed the fact that I was going with somebody else basically, you know. Okay, but did that aside, now looking back on it, um, had you not been as as, um, protected as that, it's not the sort of environment you would have felt particularly awkward about, would it, presumably? Not Melbourne. I felt totally safe at all times in Melbourne. Um, Alice Springs, I wouldn't have gone out on my own in the evening, but in the day would have been fine. Yeah, Darwin would have been fine as well. So, But I was pleased I did the guided tour because obviously this, you don't realise the size of Australia until you get there. And I mean, all of Australia is the size of all of Europe, you know. It's a massive, massive place. So I was pleased I did the guided tour for that bit yeah and talk about guiding tour i'm presuming you refer to a guidebook which which book did you refer to lonely planet yeah did, was it did it become the bible it did it did um it was good because you know for some of the time i did need a hostel to book and you do need tours and things so it's good because it's got all the internet addresses and telephone numbers to ring up it's you know it's a handy guide yeah yeah so it, it does what it says on the cover as they say it didn't have enough pictures though that was the only thing <laughs> oh you're supposed to take those yourself yes. <laughs> um the um the actual cost of a of a trip like this um you went for three weeks initially um and then you did the uh, the, the five-week trip uh, just to give people an idea now we're talking about uh 2006 so how did the, the, the cost for the three-week trip end up being so so big? Um, my own stupid fault, really. Um, I didn't book my tickets till, what, end of November time, and I was going in March. And so it ended up costing me £900 for the ticket wow. to Australia. And I mean, that's only for three weeks, so it is a lot of money. Yeah. But anybody who's going out, book it early. <laughs> and how much spending money did you take with you? 
I took a, a grand for that one. Yeah. And we enjoyed ourselves, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> we didn't come back with any change then? No change at all. <laughs> okay, and on the on the five-week trip, you raised the 2500 which paid for the, the flights and uh, obviously the two-week part of it, and also the return flight, presume. Uh, how much spending money did you take then as well? Um, I took um, about a grand as well the second time. I and mean. you managed to make it last five weeks? <laughs> five weeks, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's quite cheap, all the stuff in Australia, but shopping... No. <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about that for a second, because, um, you know, there are going to be people that perhaps go out there and, and want to buy things out there, or, you know, they uh, might want to take a sort of pretty empty bag, shall we say, and dress locally or, or buy the bargains. What would you say was, because I've got a feeling you're a serial shopper when you get the chance. When I get the chance. <laughs> what would, what when, from a girl's point of view, what's easy to buy, what's cheap to buy, what's great fun to buy, you know, what's great value out there? Um, definitely all kinds of tops and trousers, definitely. All kinds of shopping, really. I mean, I didn't buy any shoes while I was out there, but... Tops. could have done. I could have done. Tops, trousers. I mean, I got a really good winter coat for $20, which is about, what, £8 or something? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, 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 unbelievable. It's a really good value for shopping. So looking back now with the experience that you've had, would you have taken less and bought more out there? Um, yes, definitely. I would have said if I, if I got the money to do it. Yeah. I would have done it. So, uh, sort of, uh, the summertime clothes, perhaps, you, you would have bought locally out there? Um, well, it's, Australia's always good for summertime clothes. I mean, if you go to Bondi Beach and stuff, there's so many bikinis and shorts and everything, but um, I went in winter, so... <laughs> Yeah, but their winters isn't usually as bad as as, yeah. as all that. But you obviously caught it wrong on that mm -hmm. that score. Um, the other side of it, what did you find that really expensive? Um, I don't know actually. The trips were good value for money. The trip, well, the one that I took probably was a bit more expensive than what most backpackers would have took would have taken. But um, so which was how much? Um, oh, how much was it in the end? It was about. $700, so it's about... about 350 yeah, quid, roughly, isn't it? That. Yeah, but, I mean, for me and my friend at the time, that was fine. It was what we needed and, you know, it's what we wanted to do. And with plane rides and stuff as well, it was, you know, good value for money, so, well, for us. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, well, obviously, a trip like this that came completely out of the blue when you weren't sort of considering it, and I know you're going off to uh, to do midwifery now... Um, what are your What are your lasting thoughts? What experiences did you have, uh, and what are your lasting thoughts from taking a, a gap year break like this? Even though it was obviously family friends that you uh, were able to stay with, has it has it impressed anything upon you at all? I mean, I think especially the um, the second trip where I got to meet lots of different people from you know all over Britain on the um, on the Joshua Foundation trip. That's definitely made a lasting impression on me. You know, I've got especially two of the girls I'm still in contact with now, you know, a couple of months down the line and um, just great friends now. I mean, it builds your confidence up so much. I think going to uni now, I definitely feel much more confident than I would have done if I'd just left straight from um, college and gone. So definitely the best thing I probably could have done. Excellent. And do you know the the website address? Would anybody want to um, follow up this project as an idea? It's www.joshuafoundation.co.uk. As easy, as easy as that. As easy as that. That's great. Um, well, the last question would be, uh, has it inspired you to carry on travelling at some stage, either during the uh, your, your training or after your training? I think after my training, definitely. Um, I really want to go and do three, four months 
more serious travelling now, you know. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, Australia is a great place to go for your first time travelling. I mean, it's most of the places are really safe and I did feel safe most of the time I was there. It's just a great experience to go and especially with it being the same language as well. I mean, with them speaking English, you know, it's, it's a lot easier for your first time travelling. Yeah. That's brilliant. Lovely. Well, thanks, Rosh, indeed, for your time. Fantastic story. And uh, obviously, when you do your next trip, I'd love to chat to you again. Thank you. Cheers. My thanks to Becky for taking the time to share her story and her introduction to Australia and travelling for the first time in general. If you're interested in the charity concerned, that website once again is www.thejoshuafoundation.co.uk and there'll be a link to it next to this podcast on our website. Until next time, folks, don't forget to travel lighter and travel further. This independent programme is produced and hosted by theoutdoorsstation.co.uk. 